The Sons of Liberty is a politically neutral organization. We believe that the Judeo-Christian ethic has provided the principles upon which this nation was founded. It is our belief that these principles provide not only the foundation and framework for American government and society, but are also essential to the maintenance of a fair and just society. All program content is based on a Christian biblical worldview. One of you said to me recently that we shouldn't rock the boat. Well, ladies and gentlemen, I want to tell you that I am a boat Welcome Christians, conservatives, constitutionists, libertarians, communists, Islamists, LGBTQ, RSTUV, WXYZ people, and anybody else I may have missed to the Sons of Liberty radio show here on Red State Talk Radio. I'm your host, Tim Brown, coming to you live from the U.S. occupied state of South Carolina. I'm the editor at SonsLibertyMedia.com. For our Muslim friends, I'm the infidel that Allah warns you about. I hold to the book, the Bible, as the authoritative word of God. Glad that you guys could join us here on Friday morning. If you'd like to check us out online, please do so, sonsoflibertyradio.com and sonsoflibertymedia.com. In fact, if you're listening by radio and you want to partake of the video portion of that, you can go to sonsoflibertymedia.com, scroll down right there on the right. You should see the video going. You can hover over that and enlarge it. That's right. You can see the face that's made for radio <laughs> right here. And you'll also be able to see our guest this morning. Um, you can also check out the live video feed on my Twitter account, FPPTim, FPPTim on Twitter. Also, our Facebook page at Bradley Dean SOL, Bradley Dean SOL. Our YouTube channel is B Dean Sons of Liberty, B Dean Sons of Liberty on YouTube. Before it's news, we're there. My, our friend Michael Roach has got us up there 6 a.m. every weekday and then 3 p.m. Eastern every weekday. Uh, and Saturday, Bradley is on on beforeitsnews.com. And then finally, we're on DLive.tv. Glad that our friends from DLive are joining us with us uh, this morning as well. Appreciate you guys, all you guys in the chat. I apologize if some of the chat doubles. I don't know what the deal is with that. Uh, it's a little strange to me. It was doing it a little bit yesterday too. But it'll all of a sudden just double something up. I put up like five or 10 minutes or 30 minutes before. So I apologize for that if you're in the chat rooms. Also, you can check us out at Spreely Gab MeWe Minds and USA.life under Sons of Liberty and Sons of Liberty Media.com. Matter of fact, I just want to real quick, USA.life, as Stephen Andrews has informed me, they've, they've really grown here in the past year. Uh, I think they're moving in the numbers that are uh, possibly to overtake Gab and things. I'm not sure about that, but I, that was the impression that I was getting that they were growing really strong over there. So uh, if you want to support Stephen, and uh, his endeavors there. He's also working on a, on a 1776 free search engine to replace Google. So if you want to support him, go to USA.life, and I'm sure he would very much appreciate that. Okay, let's get to the meat of the matter this morning. Uh, I, I called up my friend Evan Mulch, and uh, we've been friends for a while, and he is with the John Birch Society, and asked if he would come on today to speak about what's going on here in the state of South Carolina. He he represents the John Burt Society in South Carolina and a couple other places and wanted him to address some things. So let me give him an introduction here and then we'll bring Evan on. He lives in Spartanburg, South Carolina with his wife, Jennifer, and their five-year-old son, Aiden. 
He's been a field coordinator for the John Birch Society since January of 2015. He now covers the states of North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. Evan grew up in Scott City, Kansas, and then attended Washburn University in Kansas, where he graduated with a bachelor's degree, business administration. He has been an uh, avid reader since college, and his life dramatically changed when he started reading books that were promoted by the John Birch Society. He's a follower of Christ and is very devoted to his local church. During his free time, he enjoys playing tennis with his family. He likes to chill with the country music turned up loud, and he likes to enjoy the outdoors with his Swiss doodle. This is my friend, Evan Maltz. Good to have you with us this morning on the Sons of Liberty, Evan. Thank you, Tim. Thanks for having me. Um, I, I wanted to make it sound at the end that I, I like to have some fun in life <laughs> because, you know, the John Birch Society job can be a very serious in nature. And uh, but, you know, really, um, you can't you can't do this job well unless you're having fun doing it, because uh, the John Birch Society has always been in the um, area of delivering very serious news to people, you know, that the, the future of our country is at stake. And we, we must do this and this and this and this. And then, um, but you know what? We, I, I'm, I'm just like everybody else. I like to, um, I like to laugh a lot. I like to have a good time. And, and just, just everybody knows the Swiss doodles, a, it's, it's, a, it's a doodle mixed with a Swiss mountain dog. And they're, they're very interesting dogs. And so my, my wife um, had decided a couple years ago that this is the dog she wanted. And it's, it's a, uh, uh, a Bob Jones University professor actually breeds these dogs, and so it's just been a delight to have them. Um, and um, you know, I, I've 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 got a dog now that I can take uh, walk down some trails, and 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 it's it's a lot of enjoyment for me when I get home from traveling, which which I don't get home from traveling anymore because everything's changed in South Carolina, as you know, Tim. Yeah, well, and we're going to talk some about that today, and I think it's good that you bring up those things because you know we're. I, I thought about it yesterday. A lot of people go about their lives and they never know some of the things that you and I get privy to just by being in the business that we're in. You're in the business of, of informing people about the Constitution. You're pointing out uh, current events and how the the deviation from the Constitution affect are affecting those events. We're going to talk about some of those today. And some people just, you know, they're living their lives uh, I guess it would be much like the revolution before the uh, the war for independence. and But you have a small percentage of people who are paying attention to what's going on, and it, it, you know, it wraps us up. So sometimes we do need to take time to remember what we're fighting for, whether it's the small things like you know a dog uh, or a bigger thing like family uh, and freedom and all these kinds of things. So I had you on today because there was a guy who made a comment. I forget what the comment specifically was. But he says, this doesn't feel constitutional. And your response was, it not only doesn't feel constitutional, it isn't constitutional. I think we were talking mm -hmm. about some of the impositions that we just had down here in South Carolina. Our governor has moved now for to to close all, quote unquote, non-essential businesses. And they get to determine what that is. But we're, we're seeing it across the board, this tyranny that comes in. The Constitution doesn't authorize uh, governors and presidents to do some of the things they're doing. Uh, they're doing them. In fact, I, I know Donald Trump has been appealing to quote unquote laws that Congress didn't have authority to write 
to give him authority uh, about things. And so I wanted to bring you on this morning to kind of speak about that because this is part of the thrust of the John Birch Society. If you want to take a, a couple of minutes and say what the John Birch Society does and then why this is so important. Yeah, and I'll go back to the person that was commenting on Facebook. The, the, the person that's commenting on Facebook, um, he, his health is at risk due to any virus. And so his worry is, is that if it really is as bad as the media is telling him, somebody like him isn't going to get the help they need because his, he's already, um, his health is already failing. Um, and it's, it's, it's difficult to, um, he's, 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 he's had a, a surgery recently and, and, um, anyways, just, so there are people that are scared and I understand, you know, that and I'm, I'm not in that situation where, where my health is at risk. Um, so I can't put myself in, in, in his shoes. And I, I and, but the, the, here, here's, here's what's at stake. And, and it's, it's really, it comes down to our liberty, life, liberty, and property. And if, if we don't take action, these socialists are, are, and I see this because I work the ground in the John Birch society. I wish I had a radio job, Tim. <laughs> no, I'm joking. But, <laughs> but I have to travel to all these areas. I cover three States. So I go into these communities and I help these activists who are trying to save America. And it is like you're you're living among the you know living among the dead basically because you go in these communities where there are major things happening where people need to take action and you're consistently getting told by people that they don't care or they're not going to take action and there's the the few people that are taking action are usually John Birch Society members. And if they aren't John Birch Society members they, they eventually join usually because they realize the help the John Birch Society membership comes with tools for people to use on the ground. And, and with, you know, we basically say that we, we provide, you know, intelligence, we provide intelligence communication, but we also provide leadership strategy and the leadership strategy goes to the same leadership strategy since 1958. Robert Welch was, was from North Carolina and he, he graduated from UNC at the age of, I think, 14 years old. He was, a, he was, they called him a child prodigy. And eventually he created the John Birch Society that he, so John Birch did not found the John Birch Society. John Birch was the namesake. John Birch was a Christian missionary from Georgia who was um, quite heroic during World, during World War II. He didn't want to be in the war. They recruited him because he saved Jimmy Doolittle when Jim D, Jimmy Doolittle crash landed. And then uh, John Birch went on to be a hero in World War II. And then uh, he was killed on a mission for the OSS, the OSS um, uh, which we know became the CIA, but he was on a mission for them. And, and, um, the Chinese communists knew that John Birch knew too much and they killed him eight days after world war two. And, but the, the, the thing is they, they did not tell John's parents, George and Ethel, what really happened. And, and they said it was, he was killed by friendly fire. If, if uh, the Americans would have known that John Birch was killed by Chinese communists, we may have been able to stop what we did for Mao Zedong. We basically gave Mao Zedong help after World War II, and he was able to take out Chiang Kai-shek and force Chiang Kai-shek, a Christian leader, to Taiwan. And Mao Zedong went on to kill, you know, millions of, of Chinese, and a lot of them were probably people that learned about Christ from John Birch. Evan, can can let me yep. make a note there. 
This is very interesting, I think, for people, because some people are probably putting some things two and two together. One, <laughs> we're involved yeah. in China, uh, an overthrow there, not no surprise there. Uh, we're, we're doing that all over the globe. We're sticking our nose where it doesn't belong. And then mm-hmm. second of all, this whole thing tied to China right now, uh, there's a long history of the stuff that we have with uh, indebtedness we have to China and all these other things. Boy, I, I can see people's the wheels in people's minds when you tell them that story. Oh, this is probably where all this stuff started. I, I mean, maybe I'm off base there, but I yeah. can see some wheels in people's minds saying that. It, it is a turning point in America because we went from there. We we actually declared war for World War II, and that is the last war we actually constitutionally declared. And from then on, since the United Nations – uh, John Birch actually predicted, he he, t- he sent a letter to his parents saying, I, I'm going to come home and tell you some things that you need to know, because I'm he, he was privy to information, what was going on in China. And he said that he believed what was going on in China and, and you know, with what was going on at the end of the war was setting up the stage for the Antichrist. And um, you know, there's different interpretations amongst Christians of what that actually means. But the United Nations was formed right after World War II. And and it was formed by by Soviets. I mean, you had Alger Hiss representing the United States, who was later found out to be a Soviet agent. And then you had the communist. I forgot his name. The one from the USSR was the other one. So there's two of them. It looked like America was negotiating with the, the USSR to form the United Nations. But in reality, it was two Soviet agents that did it. And um, I always remind people that the the religious partner with the United Nations is the Lucis Trust, which used to be named the Lucifer Publishing Company. And the Lucifer Publishing Company is a satanic organization. And um, all you got to do is go to Lucis Trust, I think, lucistrust.org, and you can study what they are all about. But they're, they're antichrist. So John Birch's words were very prophetic. Um, and, you know, he was killed while trying to he 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 could have came home multiple times during World War II because he had he had, had malaria multiple times, and he he had all the excuses to come back to America and take a break, and he never did that because he just he was he was totally focused on his duty as a Christian to um, work for work against communism and also to share the gospel in fact general chanute who who was the you know the general over there famed very famed general treated john birch like a son and and john birch wanted to be a chaplain for the military but john birch he told he told john birch he said you're way too valuable to me to be a chaplain so he put him in an intelligence over there and so uh but but um Anyways, uh, General General Chanute afterwards actually said he would have never sent John Birch on that mission. That was a st- stupid mission to be sent on. And anyways, John Birch actually, her, his mother, Ethel, actually met the guy who sent John Birch on the mission. And he was terribly sorry for doing it once once Ethel met him. Uh, anyways, a lot of interesting story. It could be made into a movie, but, you know, pet- pedophile Hollywood is never going to make that into a movie. But that, that would probably be one of the best movies ever made if if a bunch of movie makers ever came together to make that movie. Well, they, they might make it, but they would uh, take a lot of liberties in it. Let's just put it that way. And they would probably yeah. present the Chinese as uh, at least the government. Look, I, I think yeah. our problem in, in most places, is not the people of, of the world. It's the governments. It's the governments that the people install. It's like most Chinese mm-hmm. people would just love American people. And most American people would just love Chinese people and Arabs and, you know, 
Russians and all this other, and it would be vice versa. It's the governments that pit us against one another. It's the problem. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. We're talking about um, what's happening in our states, what's happening in in the United States. And I separate those out because, our, you know, I'm a good old Southern boy. I believe mm-hmm. I'm a citizen of South Carolina and um, that, uh, you know, our states are sovereign. We formed we were part of the states that formed the federal government. It is our creature. We are not theirs. And they don't get to tell us what to do outside of the Constitution. We, we gave them certain authorities and we said, you can do this. You can write law about this, and you can't write law. And, and where we didn't give them authority, mm-hmm. uh, Ninth and Tenth Amendment, they can't write law, and they can't enforce law. But they're mm-hmm. usurping it. The, I think people are frustrated, and, and some of them, I'm, I know I'm one of them, it's very cynical about any people doing really anything. We had recently, I think the mask came off. If people aren't paying attention, I think the ma- if you if you thought something good here— uh, with our president, the attack on Thomas Massey should have told you everything you need to know when he stood up and said, the people need to know who's voting for this uh, ridiculous, unconstitutional, I-, I called it a heist, they call it a stimulus, um, of yeah. American money and putting it on the backs of us and our children, our children's children and future generations to the tune of $2.2 trillion plus the $4.5 trillion that they're wanting the Fed uh, to fund over into other things, uh, and and we've gone from fascism of public-private partnerships. Now we've got our Treasury Department buying up securities, buying up small towns because they're incorporated. Um, this is un this is unprecedented in our history, along with the go- global shutdowns and things. We're here. You're covering North Carolina, South Carolina, and Georgia. What are the things that you're seeing imposed? I know North Carolina was against uh, before us and a lot of their moves. Now we've had this thing in South Carolina. What are you seeing here? Let me just say this. Um, you know, really getting back to Americanism is super easy. And I explain that. I do a lot of conference calls now that I'm home. Um, and, and I try to explain that. If we, if we want to get back to Americanism, it's super easy. But um, you know, Robert Brown is, is our constitutional expert that, that sometimes comes to South Carolina to deliver speeches on the Constitution. He's not the only constitutional expert that John Burchelsay has, but he's, he's one that I've worked with, and I've, 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 I've brought it in to help us stall, stop the call for an Article 5 Constitutional Convention. And I think with the Thomas Massey thing on you know, a couple Fridays ago, it just goes to show how bad a Constitutional Convention would go right now if, if it were to actually be held. Um, but if, if we get back to the beliefs, and, and it, it takes moral, moral courage, I, I've, we've created an a, um, ad hoc committee this week. It's called the South Carolina Citizens for God-Given Rights. And I, I did this because I saw that there were people in the John Birch Society that wanted to do something to help go against the leftists that are wanting to shut down everything. And so we formed an ad hoc committee. And you can go to scgodgivenrights.com, and you can see um, just just a little bit of what we've done. But there's a there's a press release there that explains to people what why property is 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 um, part of our unalienable rights. And we use Bible verses in it, and we explain that God's law teaches that we have every right to our property. And then on if you if you flip to the second page here, we have three. Um, things that we're telling government, the state government, we want done. 
allow all businesses to reopen immediately as forced closure of business is an attack on the family and an attack on God's law. A lot of politicians don't think about it. If you close down a business, it is attack. It is an attack on the family. Absolutely. Now, and so um, the second is in property taxes immediately as each South Carolina citizen has a God given right to own property without the South Carolina state government taxing it. Now that, that one, we may have lost some people that, because we, we've been holding the conference calls and some people aren't members of the John Birch society and they, they, we may have lost them on that second point, but it's all a learning process. And the John Birch society, there's no perfect way to do this. You're, you're, you're trying to slowly educate people but right now we're like in an emergency. <laughs> we're, the, the globalists, if, if Donald Trump is not on our side at all, and it could be the case that he's not on our side at all, he could be on the side of his new world order group that is taking out the old new world order group. That, that could be the side he's on. I don't know. I mean, I'm, I'm hoping he's a little bit on our side. He sure has said some things that make it sound like he's on our side sure. at times, but um, we'll just have to see what happens. Uh, but number three on this is issue an immediate apology for the harm they have caused to South Carolina families for their abuse against our property rights. So we have three requests, and this is a, a we we made this public yesterday, and we are going to send this out all over South Carolina, and hopefully, if anything, it educates people and maybe. You know, we need to play offense against the leftists because they want to close down everything till December of you know of this year. If they if they could, they would, and they would do that to help destroy America because because what they want is a a socialist you know system, and it's it's um now I'm not saying all the people in the Democrat Party and there are some in the Republican Party that are going along with this too, as we know that you can't trust the leadership in any party. But but we ha we as Americans have to re remind people and understand and believe it ourselves that we have every right to our property. Once we let these socialists tax our property, we've given in. But we in the John Birch Society, we don't encourage anybody to do anything dangerous to where they go to jail or or they you know um, we, we 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 have to educate the electorate because there's been so many people that have done things and they've gone to jail and and nothing good has really came out of it because they'd been better off educating the masses for a few years and then waiting till the masses woke up and then took action as masses. Because if you're just a lone ranger in this, you're easy to take down. Um, I agree. Anyways. Yeah, no, there's some wisdom in, in what you're saying. And I'm not one to look, there are all kinds of ideas that can run through my head about things that we can do and we can act just like the people that we're pointing the finger at who are criminals. Now, our yeah. founding fathers did things. I mean, obviously, they you, w people will go, well, they threw tea in the in the Boston Harbor, you know, and stuff. And we and we kind of uh, exhort that. Now, there's a part of me that says, well, wait a minute, it wasn't their tea to do. It was there was a there was a wrong. I and from my perspective, there was a, I understood the frustration, but there was a wrongdoing in that. Um, but there are things that that they did, and the people will point to it and say, oh, we can do it. Well, okay, well, just because somebody did it, even if you respect the stand that they had, the, the principles of pointing out the aggravation and the anger they had, it doesn't justify a crime, okay? Mm -hmm. So, but there are differences here. When what we're talking, what you and I are talking about are things, crimes committed by those who asked for our vote and they got in office and they said, you know, they put their hand on the Bible or, you know, they're doing it in conjunction with, you know, a Congress or whatever, and they're putting their hand up before God 
and before man. In other words, they're calling God to see and act upon them mm-hmm. what we're doing. Now, the problem, the difference in our Constitution and things of the past, say the Solemn League and Covenant, uh, Magna Carta, all, uh, even the Articles of Confederation, which openly acknowledge God. Now, our Constitution really doesn't do that. Now, we, we acknowledge the Creator in the Declaration of Independence, but Constitution doesn't really acknowledge that. It starts off in our covenant with mm-hmm. we the people. So when these people raise their hand, guess who is, in, who is entrusted to enforce that Constitution? It's us. And this is the thing that you, uh, you and the John Birch Society are part of. It's the people have to enforce the Constitution. In fact, you guys have a... Um, a video series called The Constitution is the Solution. We had Alex Newman on last week from the New American. Oh, wow. Yeah. Good. Yeah, we had him on last week, and we talked about hopefully this is a thing where parents would would wake up and start learning to educate their kids. Some of them are being put at home um, and things like this. But here's the thing, Evan. When we get to issues— where a government, and, and I, th- I appreciate the fact that you said this is an attack on the family because this is one of the uh, the communist planks. This is the part of Marxism. Uh, they want to take out dad. You know, they want to um, make mom dependent upon the state, and they want to indoctrinate the kids. And if people mm-hmm. don't, this is why we promote homeschooling because we believe Deuteronomy six teaches us that our Creator said it's the responsibility of parents to teach their and educate their kids, and primarily that is what you said before with the law of God. The commands that I have given you shall be in your heart, and you shall teach them diligently to your children. That's what Deuteronomy six says. So it amazes me, uh, Evan, that that Christian parents. And some of them, frankly, they've been ignorant of it. I, I'll grant that. Um, God says that people are destroyed for lack of knowledge, and he specifically talks about the law. So we try to help them in that. And when they see that, and they start going for it, and they see the results of it, it doesn't take long, maybe weeks, that they can see the results of that in their children. We're not pushing back against that. And so when we have stuff from, um, I think it was Governor McMaster. This week, I got the public service announcement, okay, that came across my phone. Oh, non-essential businesses. Are, well, who determines what's non-essential and what is essential? This mm-hmm. is the dangerous path we're on, is it not? It's it's extremely <clears throat> difficult. But um, with, with, the, with Governor McMaster's unconstitutional, you know, emergency declarations, because it's it's not even allowed in, in the South Carolina Constitution, and according to the code, if you go by the South Carolina Code of Laws, right now it's it's um it's null and void because the emergency declaration has been passed 15 days, and the General Assembly has not ratified it. I agree. And so we're we're we're, we're today businesses should be open, and it, the, but the, the like like I said earlier, even you know for the past few year, few years, I've been a John Birchside Field Coordinator for for five years. And you go into these communities and, and you've got one person that's wide awake, knows their stuff, and they're looking for 10 others that want to join them. And they just find out sometimes it's impossible to find 10 people in their, in their big cities that will join them in, 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 in doing the, the nasty, ugly word, the, the four-letter word. I, I'm sure you know about, Tim. It's, it's called work. That's <laughs> yes. what scares people. Yep. And, and we're not taught at a young age to do this work. So, you know what I would try to emphasize the need for is get your, you know, if, if you're, a, if you're a mom and dad at home and you're homeschooling your kids, or even if, if you're not homeschooling, cause I, I do, I do understand those who are in a predicament where 
they're taxed so much, their wages so low, they got to put food on the table. And that's what the socialists intentionally did um, is, is they made it, they're, they're trying to make us so poor to where we can't. Um, anyways, it's, I, I'm not going to go too far into that, but the, the, um, the, the, the children need to be raised to be, I mean, the John Birch Society, we're the only group on the ground, but they, they need to be raised <laughs> to be future John Birch Society members if we're going to save this country. Or if they're not members of the John Birch Society, raise them to be future Americanists. My, my dad did this with me. He would take me to political stuff at a young age, and, and he would make me sit in political meetings. And, and when I was upset at my school in third grade, because the lunches were terrible at school, because I, I did, I was raised in a, I did go to a public school. Um, my dad asked me to write a letter to the newspaper. Well, I wrote a letter to the newspaper in third grade, and guess who got called the principal office, principal's <laughs> office, the day after that was published. I, I was, uh, I was, I'd never been so scared in my life. And, uh, but the principal, he, I grew up in a small town, so what he did is, he took me to the superintendent's office. And I sat with the lady who makes school lunches and guess what? There was a, now she was the, she was the manager of school lunches, but she, she did make changes in the school lunches to try to make things better. But, um, it was, um, it was definitely when, when a third grader wrote that letter to the editor, it was definitely hurtful to the, the, I, I think to the lady who was in, in charge of designing the school lunches because it reflected on her work and so I, I really do think it's, it's a lack of people speaking up. And so ever since that point, I've been that, I've always been that person who's, who's been willing to speak up. And usually um, it's me alone. I'm, you know, you're a voice in the wilderness, just like you are, Tim, sometimes you're a voice in the wilderness, but ever so often there's a bunch of people that will join in. And then you realize you've done something good by being that voice in the wilderness and speaking loudly Amen. in a time of darkness. Yep. Anyways, no, amen. I, I yeah. agree with that. And I think that's part of God's encouragement to us. Um, you know, when you talk about a voice in the wilderness, some people just have recognized that conversation and they don't recognize where it comes from. It comes from John the Baptist. He's the yeah. voice that's crying in the wilderness. Um, you know, and, and the message is this repent. That's the message that's missing in the church. And as um, I forget who it was, I want to say it was Francis Schaeffer. Uh, but he says, as the church goes, so goes the society. And we watch in the churches, we watch them move away from the word of God. They don't want to hold, they don't want to say, look, our creator has given us a law. And John Adams said that our constitution, yeah, folks, liber, you know, libertarians who don't believe in God and, and conservatives who don't want to, who, who want to follow their political jerseys idol or whatever the case may be. He mm -hmm. said it was made for a religious and immoral people. It is in it is inadequate, completely inadequate for any other people. And right, so right. if you don't have the foundation of the law of God, which comes from the scriptures of the Old New Testament, doesn't come from the Quran, it doesn't come from the Bhagavad Gita, it doesn't come from any of these other, you know, religious institutions. It, why do you think America is so different, people? It yeah. was different because long, even long before the Constitution, Evan, our, you know, the guys who got off the Mayflower Compact, I mean, mm -hmm. I remember addressing the South Carolina Senate Judiciary Committee. You know, we did that together years ago. And the one thing I pointed to was, here's the guys getting off the Mayflower. And before they get off, they said, our, our you know, our goal is to advance them, advance the, uh, the kingdom. And mm -hmm. it is the gospel. And it is not for, 
you know, political purposes per se. It is there is a spiritual conquest that we are here for. And it wasn't at the edge of the sword. I know a lot of that's been turned around for people, but it wasn't that. And now we're in a situation where we're in a tyranny. And, you know, I want to ask your I want to ask your opinion, not not that you you can say, I don't know. That's fine. Um, This is this is my what I'm coming to the conclusion of. I'm not denying there's a coronavirus. There certainly is. It's mm-hmm. really less than the flu. It's probably more like the common cold, okay? It really mm-hmm. is. Mm-hmm. And everybody that's dying, even in the state of South Carolina, which are few and far between, and across mm-hmm. the United States and across the globe, guess what they're doing? And I got this from several nurses. They're taking anybody who has cancer, mm-hmm. and they're already in sort of a, I forget the term that they use. It started with a P. Uh, Joni probably in the chat could help me. Um, okay. but it, um, it, it's, uh, it's basically a hospice type situation. They're, they're ready to die and the nurses are basically mm-hmm. keeping them comfortable. But if they test them either before they're dead or after they're dead in some cases, and they have, they're tested positive for coronavirus, which we know 80% of positive tests are false. And that's mm-hmm. on record. Then that's a coronavirus death. So we're being, I think we're being lied to. And the second thing I want to say is globally, this 5G rollout is coming. Mm -hmm. And the test place, the real rollout for that was Wuhan. There's no question about it. 5G, anybody can look up the terminology uh, and the technology of it, and you can read the testing on it. This stuff was a military weapon and it's been sort of downgraded just below a military weapon for civilian use, if you will. And this stuff yeah. has to be all rolled out at once. So I think a lot of this is being used as a lie. And when they bring this stuff on, then it all, why are they getting all these hospitals ready? Why are they getting all this mm-hmm. other stuff ready? To me, I got to tell you, Evan, it's reminiscent of Nazi Germany. They held the front as a uh, you know health hazard, a public safety kind of thing, when what the real evil they were doing was behind it. Mm-hmm. Well, we 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 got to be prepared. Be prepared for that. Um, we've we've you know five G. I've fought it in my community, and I've I've helped other members of the John Birch Society fight it. And I've 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 worked with the city attorney here, and uh, you know the 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 city attorney is just he he cannot believe that um, he actually has agreed. He agrees with me now, but it took a lot of work. It took me almost yelling at him in a group we were yelling back and forth of each other with a group of about 60 70 people and it was because he doesn't believe that locals can nullify federal law and i try to i try to remind him that the supreme court does not make law and therefore and in congress if it makes a law that's unconstitutional we we don't have to go with it and and because we 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 gave them rules in the constitution if they don't obey it then we we don't have to obey what they're trying to tell us but the i'm forgetting the name of the federal agency that's that's in charge of rolling out 5g that's that's approved it it's it's not the cdc what is fcc the the, the fcc yeah the fcc that's actually an unconstitutional organization like every alphabet agency in there (laughs) (laughs) so and that's what i pointed out to the whole group i mean we're listening to an unconstitutional organization and, and and getting it through the city attorney's head, and he's he actually is not an he's not an evil person. I mean, he is he's he's a normal everyday guy that was just you know he, he went to law school. He's he's trying to do his job, and 
suddenly all these crazy 5G people are showing up to meetings and we're, we're the ones that are waking them up on this issue and plus other issues because with this 5G issue comes other issues, you know. Um, so he's he's getting the um, the taste of um, I, I don't my, my first taste of the conspiracy stuff was Infowars. You know, I listened to Alex Jones and man, that was I, I still remember how hard it was to listen to that initially. And then um, I, uh, I, I I learned that the John Birch Society offered me the tools to to reach the everyday American because not everybody can listen to Infowars and actually get through, you know, the first few minutes of listening to it because it's just it's too much to to suck in it sometimes and i I don't agree with everything that's on infowars but i do you know i I do think it's a good i I do listen to it when i travel a lot um but but for me the the, what really woke me up was was when i learned about this group called the council on foreign relations and and to know that it was started by a marxist that was president woodrow wilson's sidekick actually probably the person that could we know this for a fact actually he was the person that controlled woodrow wilson and this group called the council of foreign relations is, is never mentioned on fox news msnbc cnn unless they're bringing an expert guest that's a member of the council on foreign relations and and so the book that really opened my eyes was a book called shadows of power by james perloff yeah and, and today we've got to a, you turn me on to that you've read that okay yep. okay and when I when I read about congressmen, you know, I, you feel diffused throughout the book because you realize if you're going to tell this the the truth about what's going on in America to like your family members, you know, you're you're, you're going to look like a tinfoil hat wearing person, or they're just you're you're going to put people in a state of sadness. You know, I have a lot of people console with me when I travel, and they 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 they're really gruff sometimes when they first start talking to me, and then they they go, okay, Evan, I. I agree with you. I just can't come to this conclusion. I can't come to this conclusion that we've been had on all these these false flag events, and I, I can't come to the conclusion that Donald Trump may be with the the other side, you know, the the non-Americanist side, you know. And and but we, but Congressman Larry McDonald gave me hope when I read this book and I, I found out what he, you know, he was killed on the, he just he would have turned eighty-five actually a couple days ago, if he were still with us. But he was on a flight that went from uh, Alaska to South Korea that was shot down by the Soviets in 1983. And, and, and Ronald Reagan did nothing in retaliation to the Soviets. In fact, we didn't even investigate the crash scene right away like we should have. And it was um, it's it's just it was a hit job is what it looks like altogether. And Congressman Larry McDonald was actually a mentor to Ron Paul. And and so I I couldn't believe that you know, throughout my entire life, I'd been, I was 32 years old at the time. I'm first learning about Congressman Larry McDonald and I'm first learning about the counts on foreign relations. And, um, I, I decided that time I'd been a business person. And then, um, um, I was actually, I got to know Ben Swan, as you know, Tim, and, and then I, I worked for Ben Swan for a couple of years. I, I was a member of the John Burt society at that time. And then, um, after a couple of years with working with Ben Swan, I took the job as field coordinator for the John Burt society. And, there's, there's a lot of people that know what's going on, um, but the John Birch Society can always help them learn more. And it's and we teach them effective ways to cause people to change their opinions in their local communities. We're only going to win with education. And, 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 it, and this 5G thing could be horrible, like you said, but we still have time to educate. I agree. And, Evan, can, yeah. can I get you just to take just maybe two or three minutes? 
I've got uh, your thing up. Happy 85th birthday, Congressman Larry McDonald. I shared this on Facebook as well. We'll always mm-hmm. remember the truth that you were trying to reveal to the American people. Take a couple of minutes. Tell the truth of what he was trying to reveal to the American people. Well, his final interview was on Crossfire with Pat Buchanan. And in it, if you if you YouTube it, you can find it. Congressman Larry McDonald Crossfire. Just type that in. Congressman Larry McDonald Crossfire. And he is he is arguing. He's he's having a discussion with a CFR member, a Council on Foreign Relations member. And he was, if if do you ever remember? Have you've probably read the book Rockefeller File by by um, Gary Allen? Yes, you, right. If you haven't read it, you've heard of it, right? Yes. Well, t- well, well. Congressman Larry McDonald actually is is the person who endorsed the book on the front. So his he's the book has his endorsement. So he's actually telling the. Um, you know, the globalists, he's on to them. And then he becomes the chairman of the John Birch Society. And he starts this group called um, Western Goals. Isn't that and interesting? That's interesting. Western Goals was going to be the WikiLeaks of that time. Um, but it just goes to show how fragile organizations are if they lose their leadership. You know, Congressman Larry McDonald, when when they took him out, um, Western Goals went away because there was nobody that was – could replace him. It's sort of like, you know, replacing George Washington. I mean, the, the once George Washington passed away, America struggled. And it's 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 and that's why it's so important for everybody to understand these values and to be that leader because we we need more than just um the 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 few at the top. We we need everybody to be that americanist leader that believes in God and wants to do as much good as possible, you know, why he, he or she is on earth. But Congressman Larry McDonald, uh, he—I—I I actually know a lot of people that knew him, and if he—he he had a blunt way of telling people they were doing things wrong, and there were times. Um, I, there's a there's a friend of mine in Georgia who says there's one time they were wanting to start a third party in Georgia, and and Congressman Larry McDonald surprised everybody by showing up to this big meeting, and he 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 just attacked the guy trying to start this group because what he was doing he was taking the Birchers off of the John Birch Society game plan. You know, Congressman Larry McDonald was actually, a, he was a registered Democrat, hated by the Democrat party, but he was a registered Democrat. Why? He, that's, that's the only way he could get elected in his congressional district, which is he believed in winning. You know, so many people today, they'll join the constitution party or they'll join the, the libertarian party thinking that that's the best thing to do. But heck, if I'm in Democrat district and I'm going to run, for office, I'm going to run to win. If I win, I'm going to be an Americanist throughout. You know, I'm going to be an Americanist when if, if I'm an elected official, I'm going to take that oath to the U.S. Constitution and I'm going to obey it. And if the Democrat Party hates me, that's fine. The Republican Party is going to hate me too for obeying the Constitution, as we've just seen with Thomas Massey. So, it, we, Americans, you have we have to take advantage of of whatever opportunity we have and we have to play to win. This is a, this is a giant chess game and that's the way you have to look at it. And so I just encourage people, if you're looking to run for office, run to win. And then when you win, do, and I think a lot of us hope that Donald Trump was going to be that guy. You know, at one point I'm thinking, man, he is, he talks like he's a John Birch society member, you know, during his campaign. It just, yes, it just surprised me who I couldn't figure out what was going on. I was like, man, maybe he is in the John Birch society because we don't reveal our membership. Sure. <laughs> and and I'm, 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 I only know the members in my area because I, I'm only privy to that information. That's we're, we're decentralized. The John Birch society is decentralized. So there's no way of knowing who's a member in other states unless they reveal that themselves. Sure. 
And, uh, but, but once he came into office uh, and you're waiting for him to drain the deep swamp, and he, he starts hiring the swamp into his cabinet. And it just, at that point, I was like, okay, I don't think I'm as confident in Donald Trump as I, as I had started. I, you know, I wasn't really confident in him, but there was some hope. But as sure. soon as he passed the USMCA trade deal, which is the, the yeah. globalist council on foreign relations trade deal to unite Canada and Mexico with the United States and to de- destroy sovereignty in America. Once he signed that deal, once he pushed that and, and, you know, every Republican congressman in South Carolina was pushing that, especially Jeff Duncan and Ralph Norman and, and, and um, William Timmons, who, um, you know, the, the worst ones, I think, are the people who appear to be constitutionalists, but are, are the, um, uh, there's a, there's a term for, I'm trying to come up with a, a an appropriate word for well, this radio can, broadcast. Can, can, but yeah. Can I, can I help you with that? Yeah, well, I think it's, I think it's the same. <laughs> let me help you with that because I think there's yeah. a biblical issue that helps people understand. It is an issue where Jesus talked about you judge them by their fruits. Now he was talking about false prop. He was talking about false teachers. He was speaking about the Pharisees, of course, but this is the same thing. It's not so much what the people say, it's what they do. Because this is the point I've tried to point out with people with Donald Trump. Donald Trump has said himself, and this is just an example. I'm the most pro-life president ever. And yet we have the fiscal year results from uh, 2018, 2019 from Planned Parenthood, more Americans, and I'm not even just throwing the term babies. I'm just going to say more Americans were murdered under this administration than any administration under with a Planned Parenthood in history. More right. money from yeah. the government went to Planned Parenthood by their own declaration than any other. See, it's not what you say. It's what you do. That's yeah, what the issue yeah. is. And if you and, don't do it and you say it, then you're a hypocrite. And Jesus condemns it, that. The word I was trying to come up with, the, the appropriate biblical word for, to call these guys is Judas's because, the, you know, these are the type of guys that will they'll join you at your conservative meeting or constitutional meeting and they'll, they'll pretend to be with you. But they're backstabbing you when they when they take action. And that's what Congressman Larry McDonald did. If you watch that Crossfire interview, he is just perfect in this interview. And this guy, the CFR member, is trying to tell him that he's he's a conspiracy theorist. He, he uses the conspiracy word, I think, over 40 times during the interview. Um, but but they ask him about Ronald Reagan, and and, and Larry McDonald goes, "Well, I mean, I, I like the I like the re, I like what I like the Ronald Reagan that said he was going to do all this stuff. What I don't like is the Ron, Ronald Reagan that did all this other stuff." <laughs> yes. And so he, Ronald Reagan did exactly the opposite of what he said. And to still in Republican circles, Ronald Reagan is honored as some sort of um, heroic person during his entire presidency. He's honored as a god. Let's be, let's be honest about that. And part of the issue that we find out with Ronald Reagan is he put us three times more in debt than we were. Most people don't want to recognize that, even though they quote Reaganomics. He's the one, uh, Charlotte Essebert, we used to carry some of her articles. I know she's getting a little older and stuff, but she had a lot of truth coming out of the Department of Education. He said it was unconstitutional when Jimmy Carter put it in, and he didn't do away with it. Uh, but she was exposing yeah. the things. Even years later, what what are we at like now? Uh, nine years, we're like 30 years down the road. We're, well, no, we're more than that, aren't we? Yeah, yeah and that was his campaign promise, wasn't it, to, to close down the, the U.S. Department of Education? Absolutely. Um yeah, I, I I've talked to members who were at yeah. the um they were at the you know inauguration well the convention 
where, where, where President Reagan, you know, where, where Reagan was chosen as a Republican nominee. And, and a lot of people were sitting in the South Carolina delegation and, and, you know, including some top business people from South Carolina, like Roger Milliken. You know, Roger Milliken was a big donor to the Republican Party. And when, when the announcement was made that George H.W. Bush was the vice presidential candidate, somebody told me <laughs> you could just hear this gasp. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, what in the world? I yes. mean, come on, out of all the vice presidential candidates. And the book Shadows of Power actually does a really good job explaining, you know, the these truths about how the CFR what what happens every time is, and I, I imagine it's probably the case with President Trump too. He he went and made a deal with the CFR while telling the American people he couldn't be bought. They knew that Donald Trump had gotten the support of of most of the Republican Party, and so there the, he what Donald Trump did was he did a negotiation most likely. He says, "I'll give you this, 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 and this. You give me this, 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 and this." And there you go. You know they they um they allowed it to happen. They um. And, um, anyways, there's, well, and the, the CF, let, yeah, let me see, you, let me see if I can break in here just a little bit, because I, I want to make it real for people. We've got, um, yeah. about six minutes or so, and I want to get down to the nitty gritty. We've kind of talked in, in the terms of history, which is good. We need that. And look, folks, yeah. you're not going to get the answer in one hour, uh, here with me yeah. or Evan, you're just not going to get it, but there's a process in education. And this is why. Uh, at the Sons of Liberty, we encourage parents, you are the ones God's entrusted to educate your children. If you don't educate your children, guess who's going to take them? The state. And it doesn't yeah. matter what you say about what you believe in God. And this, if you're practically not doing this, you are handing them over to the beast, for lack of a better term. So yeah. here's the thing, Evan. When we're facing, this is the practical side. And I'm going to give you the the last part of this, and I'll try to cut it off if we get short. The yeah. practical side is when we're shutting down businesses, when we're shutting down – look, I'm fine for shutting down public schools. Uh, give me our money hey. back, please. Um, like, and we're, we're telling people they can't be within six feet. Of, look, I'm getting reports from, from the U.K. where people are just driving on the road and they see people walking together you know, on a walk with their dogs or something. And they're being like, you're not six feet apart. And, of course, these people are at least bold enough to say – you're so fat, you can't even walk. I mean, they're addressing some of these people. And um, so when we get to these issues, I hate to say it, but there's a Second Amendment for a reason. I th my perspective is there needs to be the businesses along a certain road. My kids work in Gaffney at the uh, Chick-fil-A there. Mm -hmm. I've got several kids that work there. And uh, I, I'm going to tell you, if somebody targets them, you're in my sights, too. I'm, just, I'm not going to make any apologies about it. But if those businesses down through there would say, you know what, Mr. McMaster, you have no business telling us what we can and can't do. You have no constitutional authority. You're not even doing what you said you would do about the unborn. Yeah. So we're going to get together and we're going to get people in our community who are armed. That's what the Second Amendment is for, is to provide for a free state. It's not that we're threatening anybody. It's a defensive measure. Yeah. And we're going to open our businesses to the public and those who feel like they need to stay inside if they're elderly. I understand that. Look, I, I have yeah. no problem with that. You feel you're at risk. You stay inside. But those who want to come eat at our establishments, guess what? We're Americans. Like what you said, we're going to follow the liberty that our creator has given us, the Lord Jesus Christ. I don't have a problem saying who our creator is. It's the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to follow our liberties and we're going to provide a service to the people because we want to serve them. Yeah. 
Well, what we, what we decided with this group, because we've had we've had conference calls and I asked I asked <laughs> amongst the conference call, is there any business owner that owns a lot of business, you know, that that wants to be the person that stands up and 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 nobody wanted to be that person. And I, I kind of knew that was going to happen because um, it's people people in the business community. I'll just tell you, for the most part, in areas, the business owners are, are not Americanists. They're, they're not driven Americanists. If they are Americanists, I, I get no help from most business communities when it comes to doing my John Birch Society activities. I can tell you this because in Greenville, South Carolina, when I first got this job, I thought it'd be a good idea just to walk door to door and try to meet business owners and get them involved to help the John Birch Society. It was, it was the biggest waste of time I've, I've ever spent. You know, I, I, I thought, you know, I, I get paid to be an employee of the John Birch Society. I'm based on a teacher salary and and you know i spent days walking door to door trying to get business owners interested and and it was just it was it, it just got silly after a while and so i learned to find members of the john birch society in communities and have them connect me with people they know and eventually you find business people that are on your side but if, if you're walking door to door maybe maybe in a few weeks it'll change you know but what what we what we've decided in this group uh, is we're going to open businesses on april 14th and we're calling that business freedom day and but there's there's <laughs> okay. a week that, so that next, is just hilarious to me business freedom and, day and, and but next week we're, we have team we have we have people who are pretty much captains for the group that are reaching out to sheriffs and they're going to tell the sheriffs what's taking place. And they're going to explain to the sheriffs that they are the, the law of the County and that, and that the, the governor's um, the declaration, emergency declarations are unconstitutional. And, and so we're going to work with what we're going to do is we're going to educate the law enforcement on what their duty is before this action takes place, because it is, you know, it would be risky to do this in a state like New York, you know, because because you've got, you know, people who would probably come at you with weapons if, if you were to do such sure. a thing, as we've Evan, already seen. They'll, 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 yeah. Evan, let me let me ask you something. Can you hang over for just a few minutes or do you have something you got to get to? I can hang over. Yeah. OK, what we're going to do is we're going to finish this up. So if you want to join us after the radio show, head over to our YouTube channel or our Facebook page and we'll keep Evan for you know a few minutes after uh, to address some things. Quickly, before we have to do the exit music, and then we'll bring you up after, tell people real quickly, you got 20 seconds, John Birch Society, where can, where can they find you? Go to jbs.org. You, know, you can sign up as a member on there. You can always call me, too. My cell phone number is 864-804-0789. Again, that's 864-804-0789. You can call or text me. I work the states of Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina. I'd be glad to help you. Even if you're in another state, I'd be glad to help you meet your field coordinator in those states. All right, that's uh, Evan Maltz. Now, look, if you guys want to continue with us for a few minutes after this, please do so. Otherwise, have a great weekend, great Lord's Day. We'll see you on Monday, Lord willing. Adios. Okay, Evan, we're out of the radio spot here. And uh, one of the, I, I wanted to hold you over a little bit if you can do that, and that's great. I don't know how yeah. much time you have, so you just tell me when you need to go, and we'll continue on with this. But okay. uh, one of the things you're talking about here, it's kind of, isn't it funny that they will impose their tyranny to tell you, you can't 
open your restaurant to people. You you can go through the drive-through. You can even come in and bunch up, you know, 50, 100, 200, whatever in the lobby to order your meal and take it out, but you can't eat it there. And then yeah. when we open up, we're going to call it Business Freedom Day. I mean, yeah. that is the <laughs> ultimate hypocrisy, is it not? Well, it, it was the decision that was made in the, the 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 group of business people that are involved in this that are that are trying to it, it is it is hypocrisy, but you know I, I think we're finding out how how um dumbed down the Americans have become, and, and when I say Americans, it's I, I have a hard time calling people Americans when they don't even understand Americans' principles and they, they don't abide by them. Yep. Um, but. We, I, I, and I, and I, I kind of feel sorry for some of these business people because they're in a tough spot right now. Let, let's most business people been making a lot of money, been, been buying giant homes, been buying multiple homes, you know, the ones that have done well. And, 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 you know, that is all coming down right now. So, so if you can imagine Tim, the state of depression you're in, if you, if that is your focus in life is become the richest guy in the County or the richest guy in the state and you're, and not every business owner has that, you know, goal, but that's, that's real, really sometimes what drives a business person is the goal of, of being rich, you know, being like Donald Trump, um, when it comes to that sort of lifestyle. Um, but there are a lot of small business owners who stick to Christian principles who, who do, you know, do their duty to Americanism, but I, I don't see that there's that many of them. And so what, what we have to do in this, time period is we have to take effective action and we can't just lose these people because because they, they can sit at homes and they can just wait for this whole thing to be over with and it may or may not be over with you may be right with your belief that this is or that your 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 theory that this could be just the the nazi takeover of america where they use 5g to make us sicker you know start putting us in hospitals you know that that could be the um that could be the end. It could be the end game that's being played out. And if it is, um, you know, have faith in God because that's 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 what's most important. Uh, but we we have to have an educated electorate in each in every area of the country. And so um, we still have a duty to to go about and and try to be as effective as possible and not lose people in the process. And unfortunately, if you sound the alarm bells, you know, Alex Jones does a great job sounding the alarm bells. You know, you, 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 you listen to one show of his and he's, you're already ready to buy your, your, um, your food for the next 25 years. You're ready to buy all your, all your vitamins for the next five years. Um, because he's always telling you he's running out. You, you got to buy yeah. right now or there's not going to be any left. And sure, he's a good anyways. marketer. He's a good marketer. Yeah. And, and let me let me just throw this in. Yeah. <clears throat> I'm not attacking Alex Jones, but we find that – I, I got to tell you, I mean I, I, I've written some stuff I didn't think you ought to be thrown off even though there are things that I disagree with that he that he promotes. But the fact of the matter is he's broken stories that people haven't. Um, some people, I was talking with, um, a person last night about that and the fact that, well, maybe they get, maybe there were stories that were, that he had that, you know, gives him some credibility so he can do this that, and the other, but you know, he's been, he's made almost 180 degree turn on some things, him mm -hmm. himself, not the, the site itself, but him, but he himself, he's made almost 180 degree turn on some things that he used to stand very boldly for. And that gives me concern 
Um, mm-hmm. And that's not to attack Alex Jones. I, I, I appreciate a lot of the information that comes from InfoWars because here's the thing. It's not about supporting the political jersey or the media jersey. There are some people who say, well, Tim Brown, you put up fake news and this, that, and the other. You know, and I get news guards sticking their little red symbol up as though that means anything. Yeah. I think it's more of a badge that people who are actually seeing what's going on, they go to the red, they see the red badge and they go, oh, this probably, this person's probably telling me the truth. Although in some cases, <laughs> you'll find that they're actually telling the truth about red badge people. But the point is, is this. There is no, there There can be no deception if people, you know, the book of Amos talks about God said he set a plumb line. And I've been harping on this. Bradley picked up on it too, not that he didn't know it, but I was doing it about a week or two before. Amos comes in and he says, God has held up a plumb line. Now, if people don't know what that is, this is string with this triangular looking, not triangular. What would be the term that we're talking about there? Um, it looks, if you look at it today, it's tri- triangular, but it's, imagine that as a, as a 3D. Okay. And it gives, Got it. yeah, it gives a weight there. And I saw this many times on the construction sites when I worked there and they would hold this up to make sure that like when they laid brick, they would lay it out. Um, and they would have strings everywhere for every core of brick they're, they're laying out every line of brick they're laying out. And then they would hold it up to see if the building was straight Okay, the foundation was straight because if the foundation is straight, what's going to be the building? Well, it's going on top of the foundation. It's going to be straight. But if the if the foundation's crooked, if it's not if it's not plumb, that's what the term that they use, then it's out. Well, God tells Amos, He says, "I'm holding up the plumb line to Israel at the time, His people," mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and He says, "This is the plumb line." And what's the plumb line? What's His law? And they've departed from the law. They're no longer straight. They're crooked. Now, we have, at the Sons of Liberty, we promote the Bible as the supreme plumb line. And where the the Constitution doesn't agree with that, guess what? It needs to conform to the Bible, not the Bible to conform to the Constitution. Mm -hmm. And so that's the plumb line. So when we get $2.2 trillion going, you know, to all sorts of people. And I did a thing on the Kennedy Center just for one. What was it? $25 million. They had initially had $35 million. Mm-hmm. And we have $25 million going there. And Donald Trump comes out and gives the excuse, well, I had to make concessions to the Democrats. Okay, mm-hmm. well, wait a minute. Your wife is on the honorary board of trustees there. So yeah. is Michelle Obama. So is Hillary Clinton, the lady you yeah. said you were going to bring to justice for the American people. See, this is the difference between saying and seeing. It's like James chapter one, or excuse me, James chapter two. Seeing that somebody says that they have uh, faith, and then seeing if they can demonstrate that faith by their works. And everybody go, oh, well, you're talking works for salvation. No, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about works produced from the work of God in us. And so mm-hmm. when you were mentioning that before, this is a big thing. People buy into what is said rather than what is done. And, I, you know, we're trying to get Thomas Massey on for next week. Uh, mm-hmm. His guy Joshua said they were filled up this week, and I can imagine why. But hopefully we're going to have him on next week. But Thomas yeah. Massey doesn't just say something. He does it. The Freedom Index over at the New American, which is tied to the John Birch Society, has him at 99%. That means the majority of times, I mean, it might be, they might even have a question about even that 1% or whatever, but 
He votes constitutionally. This is not yeah. a grandstanding issue for Thomas Massey. This is an issue of his oath before God and before the people, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And Thomas Massingly, you know, he, I guess he missed one vote or two votes, and he, he jokingly said at our 60th anniversary celebration that sometimes you just can't count on the Freedom Index to get it all right. Anyways, um, but he 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 did miss a couple of votes according to our Freedom Index, but it's it's you know. If you're above ninety percent, you're a constitutionalist. I mean, and and um, what, what I tell people is, I'm I'm not a constitutionalist first. I'm I'm an Americanist first when it comes to my politics. So my the first document I take into account is 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 the Declaration of Independence. If anything goes against that, I'm 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 against it because. What I stick with is that God-given rights is what we have to life, liberty, uh, and and property in the pursuit of happiness. And that's that's what really made the Southerners so hated by the North before the war between the states. The, the Christians um, during that time period, and still today, for those that, that read the Bible and follow, um, they're focused, Christians are focused on self-examination. Whereas, whereas the Northerners at the time were forced on blaming, and that's what happens when when you're not a Christian is is you're you're in the you're in the um you're doing the blame game. It's your fault. It's your fault. It's your fault. If you're a Christian, it's you're you're always self-examining yourself, trying to improve. Amen. Um, amen. Your your own being. Go ahead. No, amen. That that's exactly yeah. right. Yeah, and so. Um, and I'm reading a book right now that John Birch Society sells. It's 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 titled the the war between the states. So if you see the video here, that's it's over here. It's written by John Dwyer, and uh, it's it's just you know it's it's the same thing that's happening today. Is you know instead of the North versus the South like it was back then, now we have the Americanists that are still left, and they're we're dispersed all over the United States. In South Carolina, if if there was ever a um, you know, a, a movement for, to form a confederacy again, I'd question what that confederacy, you know, South Carolina is, is not the Americanist state that it was in, in the 1850s. I agree. And, and so I, I'd be worried what that could turn out to be if there was a movement for secession of any kind, because, you know, I, I'd be lucky in my county to find 20 people that agree with me on, on, on what the future of America should be like. And so, Anyways, so all we can do right now is wait till people – when I moved here, I, I got involved in the Ron Paul movement, and there were some country boys that reminded me. They said, Evan, they're not going to wake up till there's not food in their bellies. I, that's I what I've them. said. That's exactly what I've said. <laughs> and, and you know, Evan, here's the thing. People will hear Ron Paul, and they'll go, oh, he's an anti – he's a uh, – what What was the word they were using against him in 2012 when he was running for, for office uh, uh, for the president? Uh, he's a uh, – A kook? Uh, no, right. no. Well, they used that too, but they used yeah. – he was an um, he was an isolationist. Isolationist. And that yeah. was the farthest thing from him. He was like, let's do business with everybody. Let's not get involved with their politics. Let's not stick our nose in their business. Yeah. Um, let's follow what the founder said. Look, I realize socialist and Islamist and this, that, and the other have all kinds of bad things that they do that are people. I'm, I'm not saying that, but the Bible tells us as Christians, and I know Dr. Paul follows the guy I used to work for, Dr. Gary North, uh, because mm -hmm. Dr. Gary North and Tom Woods do the curriculum for the Ron Paul curriculum. 
Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. when 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 he's saying that, what he's saying is he he's, he didn't. I wish he would have come out and said it. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal. They're not the military. They're not tanks. They're not missiles. They're not drones. The weapons of the Christian, the ideology of the Christian, are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the tearing down of strongholds. And what are we facing, really? When we're really, when we get to the bottom line, what are we facing from communism, socialism, Marxism, all of that, Islamism, all of this? What is the bottom line? Let's get to it. It is the difference of a superior gospel. What saves men from sin? And that is, there's only one name under heaven given among men by which they can be saved, and that is the Lord Jesus Christ. That's it. That's the message that we have. If we could fight the battle of minds, you know, we're told we're, we're trying to win the hearts and minds of people. That's been the, the decoration of uh, many within the alphabet agencies within uh, the United States. We're trying to win that in Afghanistan and uh, in Iraq and Syria and all these other places. Well, if we want to win them, how do we win them? Well, we win them with what those who came even before our founders said. We win them with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Do we not believe any more in that? Now, look, Evan, you and I are from different, I guess you'd say, denominations or whatever. And I would disagree with your denomination, but at the core, do we not hold, are we not looking to the Lord Jesus? Is this not the yep. issue? We're not looking to the law of God? I mean, this is, uh, it just drives me batty. Well, the, 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 if you believe you have the gift of the Holy Spirit, that's, that's the, that's the, that's a great, you know, that's the helper. And so Amen. if, if, if you pray and you're constantly refining your ability to, to absorb what the Holy Spirit is is gifting you with, you're you're you've got that wisdom, and and the Bible is is the wisdom that that you know is is God's word, and then when every situation you have in life, you you've got the wisdom of of what the Holy Spirit brings you in certain situations. Um, you know, for instance, you know, we had somebody on a conference call with us, I think, earlier in the week, that was concerned that we should just give into government edicts because of um what what is said in romans 13 and then um but you know what i said is sometimes you know if 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 adolf hitler would come back and he would be president of the united states you want to listen to him would you and she's the lady said oh absolutely not and i said well sometimes you just gotta you you do have to listen to the wisdom that you're getting from the holy spirit and that's that's um that's important because the holy spirit will will help you to make decisions on what's right and what's wrong and um not to override what's said in, in romans 13 but there you know god has taught us that there are certain situations where we 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 take action in certain there's certain situations where we just wait till it's our time and we have to we have to be connected to god to know when that time is and I know a lot of people right now are in a desperate situation. I, I, I feel horrible for the people who are going on unemployment and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's going to be a lot like 2008 is what it's going to be like. You know, there's going to be a lot of divorces, a lot of people that are not going to make their mortgage payments and we've got to, but you know, with desperate times comes opportunity, Tim, as you know, 
Yes. And so we just got to focus on, on doing the best we can as, um, as, as believers. And, 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 you know, the, the more you, you draw people to God, the better off we're going to be. It, it's a battle. And, and what helped me realize this, cause, cause, you know, I think there are a lot of people who go to church and they just don't, they don't realize there is this evil battle going on or this, this battle between good and evil. But the John Birch Society, when I started reading about the Bavarian Illuminati, and, and I, I, I still remember the, when I watched this, um, you've probably seen it too, Tim, this, this tunnel they, they dug in Switzerland that, that, that helped for, for a train that they needed to go under a mountain. There was a satanic um, celebration that took place immediately following the creation of that tunnel, which I, I think it took a few years to build it. It's the largest tunnel ever you know, dug for a train, I think. And, but anyways, um, I, I started researching the, the evil that's, that's going on in the world. And then, you know, I, you, once you watch the, uh, the documentary, uh, what is it called? Um, it, it's, it's about the, the boys town, Nebraska organization and how the boys were being shipped to Washington DC and, you know, Dennis Haster you know, it, it was basically, I, I grew up in Kansas. And so we were always, we were actually, we used Boys Town of Nebraska curriculum in high school where they, where that was used to teach us to be, you know, better people. And, and I thought, wow, Boys Town of Nebraska must be the place to go if you want to become a, uh, you know, a better person. And then to watch the film, and, and then the name of the film's not coming up in my mind. Um, a noble, no, it's not a noble lie. A noble lies about Oklahoma, the Oklahoma city bombing, but I'm trying to remember the name of the, of the, of the documentary that's on YouTube. Have you seen it, Tim? I, I have not seen it, so I don't know. Exactly You've not seen the documentary. Okay. I, I don't yeah, know exactly the, which one you're talking about. I may have, but I, as far as I know, I don't. Yeah. But you, you realize the, um, the, the 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 same types of people were around when when Jesus was you know thirty you know thirty A.D. The same types of people were around that were um, you know molesting children that were were doing satanic um, operations. You know where they where they're you know they I, I don't even want to think on how they do some of these things. But if you study the Bohemian Grove and in you know, the fake or real child sacrifice, whatever takes place there. We don't, we don't exactly know if it's real or fake, but this is where the globalists went with presidents, future presidents for, and they still do. And, uh, it's, it's just, it, it awakened me to, to understand that this there, cause, cause as I was never around people growing up where I, from Kansas that would ever have taken part in any of this crap, you know? I mean, it's just, it's just, I, at least I like to think, you know, the the people that surrounded me were not people that would have ever gone to Bohemian Grove. Well, I'll just put it that way. Sure. And and what would drive people to take part in something like that? It just it is it is a disgusting ritual. Yes. And 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 if I ever attended that, I would be the most vocal critic of it. And I, I would go on every live show and, and <laughs> that I could and speak about what took place and how evil these men are and. But but it's just we we've got I know somebody who's very well connected with um, members of Skull and Bones, 
and and went to um, a wedding event where William F. Buckley was. You know, William F. Buckley was a member of School and Bones, and and, and a lot of School and Bones members showed up. And he he said it's like a circus. I mean, it was the most um, perverted wedding event he had ever been to. And it's it's um, they the 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 people who are extremely against God, they they do organize together. And they do they do they they do things in secret together. They plot in secret together. And um, you know, learning about this is is what drove me to become a better student of the Bible to to become to to search for what Christianity really is. Because you you go in Spartanburg, South Carolina, where I live, you got hundreds of churches. You know, I mean, you know, it's just. It's it's hard to know what to focus on. Let's let's, the, let's yeah. look at that for just a moment, Evan. Um, and I don't know how much time you have, but here's the mm-hmm. thing: I'm getting comments in the in the chat about, oh, you know, they go back to the last days, you know, Matthew 24, and you know, all this stuff. And I'm like, learn to interpret Scripture in its historical context. Yeah. And I want to speak to these brothers and sisters because I I do think that they want to know the truth, but I think there's been such a deception. That Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21, the book of Revelation. Look, John was the only gospel writer who didn't have an Olivet Discourse. And I believe that this is, I believe it, I think it's... Yeah, what, do you, what do you mean What do you mean by Olivet Discourse? Well, I don't, what I, I don't, yeah, what maybe I, mean, I don't understand the terminology. Okay, all right. So what happens is in Matthew 24, Mark 13, Luke 21... Jesus has just come out. The context is, and I would specifically point to Matthew 23. He's mm-hmm. just come in. He's just obliterated the religious hypocrites, okay, about what they're doing. They're saying, oh, well, um, we can get out of this thing because uh, you said we swore by the temple, but we we swore by the gold of the temple. Or, you know, we put our traditions in front of the commandments of God. He's already been hitting them with all this. Read Matthew 23. There are like seven Mm -hmm. woes in there. And he leaves and he goes, he talks to the people and he said, I would have gathered you as as a hen gathers her chicks, but you wouldn't. Why wouldn't you wouldn't? Because these leaders have deceived you. They've deceived you. And he says, so I'm leaving your house desolate. Now, this is the temple of God. Jesus has already said he's greater than the temple. We know that the writer of the book of Hebrews says that he is greater than all of the Old Testament shadows. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Whether it was Abel, Abraham, Noah, Moses, you know, pick your guy from the Old Testament who are pictures of Christ. He's greater than all of them. He, the Bible says he is our high priest. The Bible says he is our sacrifice. He is the, he is the fulfillment of all of that stuff in the Old Testament that we read. Okay, so he walks out on them. He says this. Then it says the Bible says that uh, the disciples in Matthew 24, they're saying, look at all these buildings and look at all this other. And they're doing this and they're talking about this, that and the other. You know, the majesty of that, which was completed just before 70 AD when Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Now, Jesus goes up on the Mount of Olives where he normally goes. And this is what we talk about, the Olivet Discourse. And he begins to explain to them. Uh, yeah, there ain't going to be a, you know, stone laid upon another on this, on this stuff that you're seeing. Now his disciples, and and I want to make sure people understand his disciples 
don't believe he's going to die, even though he's told them that explicitly throughout the Gospels, right? He's told them that. They don't mm-hmm. get it. When he tells them that, and, and the people from the Roman Catholic Church, they jump in in Matthew 16 and say, oh, he's going to build the rock upon Peter, and Peter's the Pope. And I mean, the weird stuff mm-hmm. that comes out of that. Okay, so Jesus already told them. They reject that. They don't believe it. I'm going to go up to the Jerusalem. I'm going to be flogged. I'm going to be killed. I'm going to be all of this stuff from the Gospels. This is right out of the Gospels. Anybody wants to look at it. Mm-hmm. And the disciples don't know that he's going to be killed, let alone come again. Mm-hmm. But they ask him in Matthew 24, after they say, look at all these buildings, they say, well, what's going to be the sign of your coming and the end of the age? Because they understand he's, they understand at that point, he's talking about a judgment here, which is tied to Deut- Deuteronomy 28 and Leviticus 26. For those who pay attention to the Sons of Liberty, this is what we quote often. And, mm-hmm. we, and once we apply that properly to Jerusalem, to uh, the people of Israel, or excuse me, let me change that. Because I think Israel is the church. I think the church is Israel. Stephen said in uh, Acts chapter 7, there was a church in the wilderness. And we know in King James language, they they altered the interpretation of ecclesia to church when it should be just the assembly, which we understood in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. So when he said this thing, he said, they're going to be destroyed. Why? It's for the same thing their fathers were doing. They were falling. They were rejecting God. They were rejecting his prophets. They rejected his son. And he said, this is coming in generation. And when Jesus is carrying his cross to, uh, he's carrying his cross up, um, you know, to Golgotha, he looks at the women and he says, don't weep for me. Weep for yourselves and for your children. Why? Because he's already said within this generation, you can read it in Matthew 24. He says, within this generation, you're going to see this destruction. Now, if you want to see Antichrist, if you want to see, uh, or false Christ, I should say, because John in his epistle in 1 John and 2 John is the only, only place in the Bible where you'll read Antichrist. So one of the things he does is he said, there are going to be the false Christ, there are going to be earthquakes, there are going to be famines and all this stuff. Read the book of Acts. All of those things are in there. In fact, Paul's going throughout Asia. He's he's the go-between between Jerusalem and Asia and the church in Asia. And he says, your brothers need your help. So when he writes in Corinthians, he talks about getting up a tithe for for that first day or the, the first day of the week. When he talks about he's he's saying there's a famine in Jerusalem. We read about that in the book of Acts. He's going to take those things. This was a first century issue. Uh, that that is written. I think all of the yeah. books of the Bible are written, uh, the New Testament are written before 70 AD. But I tell people, we can yeah. apply them to all kinds of times in history. I made mention in the chat. Uh, it was John Bunyan, the great tinker, if you will, but he was a great preacher who wrote Pilgrim's Progress, the second largest selling book behind the Bible in history. And one of the things that you'll read in John Bunyan, because we used to do the illustrated version of that with our kids called Dangerous Journey. Mm-hmm. One of the things that he pointed out was there's this beast come up and he gives the same in- imagery out of Revelation. And he says from time to time. In other words, what he's saying is there is a tyranny that comes against God's law to test God's people. Just like in Deuteronomy when he said, you know, most people want to point to Deuteronomy and they want to say, well, there's a false prophet. Well, if he says something that doesn't come true, we have a rock party with him, right? We, we put this mm-hmm. guy under the ground. Mm-hmm. Well, but they don't remember the part where God said, well, if the prophet comes up and he says something and it does come true, 
but he leads you after a God you have not known. You shall not fear him. In other words, you do the same thing with that guy as you do with the guy who said it and it didn't come to pass. And so when John Bunyan writes this, he says, this comes up time and time and again to test the people of God. And when and most people fail to quote that about the false prophet. He says, I send the false prophets among you to see whether or not you love me. Are you going to obey me? Are you going to trust me? And what is, it's the same thing with our father, Adam, right? He said, I've given you a tree of knowledge of good and evil. I've given you a, tr- a tree of, no- uh, of life. And I've given you all the trees in the garden to partake of. Just don't partake of this one tree. And what does man do? Well, man says, uh, it looks good for food. You know, it's the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life kind of thing. I'll partake of that. I'll be wise in my own eyes. I'll make my own law and all this other. And this is where we get in trouble. And so, yeah, I know some people are asking me for all these quotes. I could give them to you if you want to message me on Facebook. I'm glad to give them to you. It's not a problem. But this is the thing that we that we face, uh, Evan, is that undercutting, and I don't want to jump into our thing because I know you have to go. Yeah. But we've been well, we've been hamstrung as a church from what's called dispensationalism, and people might want to look that up and see it's by Darby and his kin thinking a modern day geopolitical Israel is somehow tied to biblical prophecy. There is people, even though they hold to Antichrist doctrine, all this kind of stuff, and and we're we're twisted away from what the Bible calls us to, which is the law of God, yeah. so that we can be slayed well, and that we can give the gospel so that people can be saved from their sins. Well, I went to school in Topeka, Kansas, and Washburn University, and and some uh, familiar, you know, very familiar with that area. But that, you know, Schofield actually had fleed from his family to go to Topeka, Kansas, and he was he was he was wanted by the police for, you know, he he'd, he'd been involved in some criminal activity in yes, Topeka. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, yeah. you're right. You're right. I'm yeah. sorry. and then um, and then he went to Texas, and and within a few couple of years he's a member of the lotus club in new york and you just don't get into the lotus club being a a um you know a a follower of christ i, I right. mean I, I i haven't examined everybody that's in that group but um so you know the question people should have is is what happened there but um you know i've got uh i've got the schofield study bible and i just tell people if if, if they want to take a look at that to just look at who who's who prints it and if if you look at the printer it's the oxford press um that should that should raise some red (laughs) flags for you as as a person that knows that the oxford press would would deliberately want to change the minds of christians and it's always been it's always been actually the oxford press has the complete rights to it so not even um schofield never sent money to his children that he left his wife that he left uh, yeah, um, and he was an adulterer too. He he left one wife to go for another. There is a, the issue. Uh, people, and this is just a side note because I did videos for NiceInCouncil dot com when they existed. Mm-hmm. We had uh, David Lutzweiler who wrote the Praise of Folly. It was about C.I. Schofield, and um, it, you can. I don't know if you can get it on Amazon or not. Still, as far as the video, mm-hmm. but you can get the book. And uh, one of the things, Evan, well, you know, he went to D.L. Moody of all people. Okay. And he said, after D.L. Moody's sermon, he goes, well, Paul wasn't restored. He had his head cut off. So he was in the presence of God without a head. This is the weirdness that we're talking about, people. And Christians are buying into it. They don't know the history. They read a Schofield Bible. I'm glad you brought that up 
because it's been the largest promoter of the deception in the church in America that I can think of. And I think it's hamstrung the church uh, along with, I'm going to say it, Charles Finney. A lot of people hold to him, but you read his definitions of atonement and stuff like that. They're not the definitions that most Christians hold to. And Jesus warned us of false prophets, right? He warned us of false Christs. Yeah, yeah. And so when these people come into the church, they're buying into it because it's sensationalist. They feel the tingles. They want to, they say, oh, the end times is here, just like every generation before us. And, um, and they fall into that rather than holding to the strict adherence to what God gave us was a simplicity of life, have children, teach them, uphold the law of God. I mean, these are just simple things, but people are not content with, with, with simple things. But look, I know you are. I've seen it within your family. I've seen that as you've grown. Even though we may disagree on certain doctrinal issues, I've mm-hmm. seen that with your family. I've seen you uphold the law of God. I've seen you uphold that that sacred thing of the family, of marriage, of your, uh, you know, even though you only have one compared to have 10, you, you've, you've uphold, you've I'm still younger, that. Tim. I got time. <laughs> yeah, you do. And I want to, you know what? I want to encourage you in that because that is how, when you look back to Exodus, that's how God does what he does. Uh, why was he a threat or why were the people of Israel a threat uh, when you go back into Exodus? Uh, after Joseph had brought his father Jacob and all his brothers and their servants and all down into the land of Goshen in Egypt mm-hmm. there, why were they a threat to him? Well, it tells us the tyrant, the Pharaoh at the time, didn't know Joseph. And he started to want to enslave them. And what was their only crime that we can read about in there? They had a bunch yeah. of kids. <laughs> it's just crazy. Well, um, I, I do want to encourage people if, if there's if there's still a few on there. There's a great article we have in our next magazine. The, the next magazine we have it's it's the New American Magazine, and there's a, there's a historical article. It's called um, well, the magazine's called The War on Christianity. That's the cover title to it. And uh, but there's an article about about Jerry Falwell, and he had struggled with whether no, or not he's. Is this junior or is this the senior? This is the senior. Okay. Yeah, I should I should have pointed that out. But he had struggled with whether or not to get involved in politics. In fact, he he really held back for a long time. And he finally came to the conclusion that he was going to lose his country and his kids wouldn't be able to grow up in a free America if he didn't take action. And he he had been he had struggled because of some of the you know what he had learned because you know, for since since the time of the apostles, you know, we've, you know, there's been there's a belief amongst Christians a lot of times that we are in the last days, and we may be in the last days. And, but you you always have a duty to continue to take action against evil and to preserve what you have for, um, for God. And and I think that's the decision. You know, Jerry Falwell just let the Holy Spirit work within him, and and he he started attacking the left, and he started learning about you know what was what was um what these um globalists were really up to. I don't think he ever joined the John Birch Society. Maybe he did. It doesn't say anything in here about him him joining and and partnering with us. But it's a good historical article to understand how you know, a great Christian man started to use his his um his influence amongst Christians to 
try to destroy the strategies of the of the globalists and the left, the socialists, whatever you want to call them. And um, anyways, and if you, if you haven't read Re- Rebecca Terrell's articles, she, she actually writes two articles in this magazine. Um, she may have written three, but but oh, we, she, she covers it very well how Christians are the enemy of these globalists. Yep. Um, it's not it's not any other religious organization. It is it's the Christians that are despised the most, and that's why the Christians we're the ones that are most persecuted. And and in America, she reminds us because there's some people that will laugh at the belief that we're being persecuted right now because we're we're not being hung on you know we're not being hung by Muslims on you know in the in the city of centers and with our heads chopped off. We're not going through that type of persecution. But she she reminds us in this in the front cover article, the war war on Christianity, that we are going through persecution. Um, it's it's and, and we need to remind people that there is a persecution against Christ, Christianity that's going on right now. It may not be the the first kind of persecution that comes to mind, but um, we we've got to we got to stop being tolerant. We've got to try to go against the the evil that's going on and be outspoken against it and if we have to spend some time in jail if we have to spend some time you know getting yelled at by the left or getting stuff thrown at us you know that's that's just what has to take place we have we, we've got to quit being quiet about our beliefs because we are losing our cities are becoming communist um you know um communities that's what our cities are becoming yes and and so those those of us that um I think you'll see more people moving to the country after this. I do think that so there may be that that may be the good thing that comes out of this is that more people will move to the country after this coronavirus thing is over with. I hope it's I hope this is not what you your theory, Tim, and your theory may be true, but I, I, I hope I hope some people will make some decisions about not living so close to city city centers because of uh, the amount of um, people that are, are moving to city centers because they are completely part of the Bernie Sanders, you know, you know, they've got their Bernie Sanders bumper sticker. And what I've told people is it's, it's the sheriff's duty to restore order in our cities. If if our cities, you know, go out of bounds. Yes. Um, but, um, so anyways, well, well, Evan, one of the things is, is when you're talking about uh, the communist cities and stuff like that, I think that's the thing, you know, there's this old saying that says all politics are local. And I ask people who are listening to the broadcast here, I ask people who are watching the video um, stream here from a variety of platforms, stop and think, what have you been pushed in? Have you been pushed into a, um, a scenario of hope or have you been pushed into a scenario of fear? Because our foundations, you know, the Bible tells us over and over and over, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. Now, look, I got 10 kids. I make less than 50 grand a year. And do you think I'm not concerned about my kids? Yeah. I see. <laughs> my daughter is yeah. trying to get a, a, a truck for her. She wants to, to go into business to a pressure wash and she wants to truck. We've been trying to find it. And then this thing came on and now there's, you know, there's not a lot of transactions and stuff. So I, I've got these trucks I got to look at to later today and talk with her about but the point is, is that all this oppression comes, this isn't just about trucks, it's about our health. It's about putting fear in people. And you say, well, Tim, you put these articles about, about COVID-19 and about corona. Look, I'm going to tell you what, 
I put some stuff out that people had that I like, that are friends of mine, who look at what the information is they have. And then after we get a handle on it, I start seeing it for what it is. This is a deception. If you believe that the vast majority of people, whether in South Carolina or in the United States or the world, are dying from COVID-19, you're deceived. I'm I'm not going to make any apology about that. I'm just not going to make any... Because they're attacking this on with everything else. Because I do think, Evan, this is the global rollout. Now, they tried it in Wuhan. I think this is the thing. Look, I'm going to show people real quickly. Um, and you tell me when you have to go because I don't want to uh, – I'm moving from, uh, from I prob- this. I probably have 20 minutes. I can stay till 8. Yeah, okay. All yeah. Right. This is one of the things. I'm sorry. I had the wrong thing up. China's mobile carriers lose 21 million users as virus bites. Do you, I want to ask people just to stop and think. They lost 21 million users as virus bites. Do you, stop and think about the correlation. Wuhan is where they rolled out 5G. Mm-hmm. That's where they rolled it out. Now you'll remember in Hong Kong, and I've got a friend who lives just down the road from me. We're friend, we're mutual friends with Arthur ha- Arthur Hampton. His father is yeah. over in China. He lives there. He um, uh, uh, he comes back to the states maybe twice, three times a year, but he lives in China. And yeah. I, I interviewed him. He was twelve hundred miles, uh, twelve hundred kilometers from Wuhan, and he was saying <laughs> even there, people were taking temperatures. Now they've moved to coming to his door to take the temperature, saying, hey, we can bring you food. I think they're genuine people who want to do the right thing, but they're just following the propaganda that's there. Now we have 21 million users lost to China's mobile carriers as, quote, unquote, the virus bites. Now, understand, I'm not saying this is that. I'm just asking people to think. And now 5G, we're told has to be a global rollout. Now, you people who are following Q, you're told about a 10-day dark out. Mm-hmm. And I want to address that. My personal opinion, after looking at all the stuff, I think China's in on Q. And people can hate me or whatever you want to do, but you watch. You watch and see what comes out. And I'm telling people, I just want to let people know, if you find you're sick within your within ten days of five G rolling out in your metropolitan area, mm-hmm. this isn't coronavirus. This is something else, and it's yeah, being yeah. used. I know you don't want to think your government wants to kill you and corporate, and and, and you could probably speak to this issue of corporations because we used to deal with corporate. We're not against you and I are neither one against capitalism. But corporations, especially international corporations, they're a danger to freedom because they use their money and their power to infringe upon the peoples. I, I don't know if you want to speak to that or not. You've got 20 minutes or so. I don't know if you want to speak to that issue or not. Yeah, I mean, well, Boeing used to be an Americanist organization in, in the 1950s. Um, they, they taught classes on Americanism. And then what happened was, you know, they, they – um, uh, were bought out by the globalists, and then very quickly the board changes, and very quickly the the ends justifies the means. And I think that's why you've got, you know, Boeing now is a, it's a it's pretty much a communist organization. That's why they're making such bad decisions. They make, um, 
you know, in, in our state, South Carolina, they made Nikki Haley look really good because Nikki Haley brought all these jobs for Boeing. Well, look, look at what they're doing now. You know, they're, they're um, even before the coronavirus, you know, they were struggling because they, they made an airplane that couldn't fly very well. After decades, they were making a plane that flew almost perfectly, you know, or nearly perfectly. And so um, it, it, here, here in Spartanburg, where I lived, you had uh, the Millican Corporation that used to, every new employee had to learn about Americanism the first 10 days they were in, in employment. That was very important to the owner of, of, um, of Millican Corporation. Now, you know, you can't, there's nobody that works for Millican that's in the John Burke Society. And, and, and Millican's like our largest corporation here in uh, Spartanburg County or one of the, yeah, I, th I think it's, yeah, it is the largest corporation here. Um, so you used to have owners of these big businesses that, that cared about Americanism. And then, um, you know, eventually what sometimes happens is the kids spoil, the kids are spoiled. They go to these, they go to Yale, they go to Harvard cause they, they've got the money to do so. And, and the kids take over the business and suddenly it's on the opposite side of Americanism. And that's, that's why we have to continually protect the small business owner because that, that's just going to happen. You're going to have rich people whose kids spoil. Um, and then you're going to have businesses that decide they're going to become a public traded company. And that gives the globalists an opportunity to buy them out and to control their board. So if as Americans, we just, if we don't protect a small business owner, the, 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 the lady who wants to start a, uh, a pressure washing business by buying a, you know, her first truck or the, or the young man who wants to start a lawn mowing business by, by buying his first, uh, you know, walk behind lawnmower and it's his first trailer to go on his vehicle. You know, you, you, these are the people that got to be protected and, and, and no, no child should be stopped from creating a lemonade stand on a street corner and selling it for 50 cents a cup. I mean, these are the type of things we've got to get back to as Americans is we've got to encourage entrepreneurial spirits and encourage comp competition and get rid of government regulation that is contrary to, to starting businesses and keeping businesses going. And that's, you know, that's, that's the heart of what I, I, I owned a business, a couple of businesses, and I found out that the government regulations were so hard to keep up with. You were breaking the law every day running a business. Yep, you were. And in South it, Carolina, it's the same thing. You know, I, yeah. I, even what I do is self-employed and they want me to, um, you know, get their permission, get their permit yeah. to do it. I refuse to do that. I'm just telling you people, I refuse to do it. Um, the issue of the, um, uh, you know, even the, even the encroachment of building codes and stuff that's become international, yeah. And you, you know, my mom and dad live in a house that was built in like, I think it was the forties or something. They have this electrical wiring. That's just awful. I mean, I've been up in their attic. I've had to wire stuff and I'm like, ah, oh, this is awful. Um, and I'm looking at it and stuff and they want to come. Oh, well, we need you to get a permit. That's going to cost this amount of money where nobody's going to come out and look at it. They're just going to sign off on it or whatever is the building is the building permit people are they accountable for that no they're not the people who yeah. do it are accountable i've seen it when i did fire inspections i did it on apartment buildings people i i, I saw it 
And I asked them, I asked the fire inspectors, I said, are you accountable for when we do these fire tests for fire alarm systems, for sprinkler systems? No, I'm not accountable. The installer is. Well, then what the heck are we paying you money for? Yeah, yeah. Well, um, I lost my train of thought there. I was, I was trying to. Yeah, sorry about that. I didn't mean to interrupt you. No, no, no. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking hard about what you're saying because we've, we've been through that, but. Um, oh, I've, I, we've got a member of the John Birch Society who encourages people never to pay off their mortgage. So it's, it, he doesn't he doesn't agree at the Dave Ramsey plan of paying off your mortgage. And here's why. Well, there's a whole thing. It, Can I interject for a second? There's yeah. a whole thing about Dave uh, Ramsey that people need to look up his history. I'm mm-hmm. I'm not attacking the guy, but I'm just yeah. saying you look at where he got to, and he didn't get to there by doing what he tells you to do. He did it through bankruptcy, and people need to know that because this guy, yeah, this guy is deceiving yeah. people left and right, and he can sue me if he wants, and we'll pull out the discovery and demonstrate. <laughs> look, I'm not scared to say it because I know it. I know yeah. this is the fact. He's deceiving people uh-huh. about this. It can't go on. I'm sorry to interrupt you. Yeah, but well, going back to you know, I, I think it's good to pay off a mortgage. At least I used to. But but this member of the John Birch Society, he learned that when you pay off your mortgage, then people can see if you have money. And what happened to him was when people found out he had property that had been completely paid off, they they came up with ways to sue him, and they sued him for just about everything he had over over stuff that that was not unlawful that he did and it wasn't even wrong what it what he did um but the court systems are are controlled by a lot of the people on the left and he he thinks if he had just kept small equity lines or mortgages on these on these properties that he would have never been targeted but they they the the the, the lawyers and the corrupt judges a lot of times i'm not i'm not saying every judge is corrupt i know i know at least one judge in Spartanburg county that's not corrupt and I, I know at least one lawyer in, in Spartanburg County that's not corrupt, but but there is th- these people tag team they work together to to make as much profit as possible, and that's what happened to this member of the John Birch Society is they they saw an opportunity when they saw that he had a lot of he had a lot of wealth, and they only knew that because they 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 saw they looked at the properties that he owned and saw that there were no mortgages on them. Anyways, no, I. I well, I agree, um, and uh, there is, just so people understand what we're talking about here, this is what it comes down to, folks. It's a simple quote, okay? Now, it doesn't matter what version of the Bible you use, and I have, I have a friend in the U.K. who says, you know, I don't know what version of the Bible to use. There's are different Bibles, and I'm like, it's not a different Bible. It was written in Greek, Aramaic, and Hebrew. And what we have is different translations. I have no problem with the translation, like the English Standard Translation or the New American Standard Translation was a word for word, or Mm -hmm. even the King James or New King James, um, even though some parts of Revelation you want to be careful of because nobody in 16 centuries had ever heard of how Erasmus translated his Greek from uh, Latin from Greek translation. They'd never Mm -hmm. heard of it. Uh, So there are things there, but here's the thing I think that it gets to, uh, Evan, it is this, very simply, no one can serve two masters. Either he will hate the one or love the other. He will be devoted to one or despise the other. This is New American Standard. You cannot serve God and wealth. Now, here's the thing. I think God brings wealth. I think that he is the one who prospers the man 
who puts his hand to the plow, who does what God says under God's law, I think he prospers him. I really do. So I'm not a, I'm not one who's against wealth. But the fact of the matter is, when we look in our country, what you just said, there are people who go after the wealth. They go, look, you, you talk about me with the radio show. I don't make a dime from the radio show. This mm-hmm. is just my time. Yes, I've asked people in the past, hey, if you want to support Sons of Liberty, you can do this. But it's not a business. It's an issue of getting the truth out. Why? Because here's the thing. If the people don't grab hold of the truth and they don't love the truth, and I'm talking about love it to the point of somebody puts a gun to your head and say, that's not true. The governor says this is true. That's not true. The president says this is true. That's the kind of stuff I'm talking about, people. If you don't love the truth that much, then you don't love the truth. You love your idolatry of money or of power or of your political jersey or whatever it is. And I make no bones about it. I I say what it is. It's not that we shouldn't love and pray for and um, uphold our those who are representatives. They're not our leaders. They're representatives. Mm-hmm. In in front of God and calling for God, turn their hearts, turn their hearts toward the truth. Grant them the same repentance that we ask for. Turn them towards the law of God. And you know, I even prayed for that, Evan, uh, the other night be- uh, with Donald Tr- uh, regarding Donald Trump, and I said, "Turn his heart." Jeremiah prayed, "Turn us, and we'll be returned." Now, this is Jeremiah. He's a prophet of God. He cries out in Lamentations, turn us and we'll be turned. And my point is, is this. If Donald Trump is the facade that I think he is, that's my opinion, okay? It it shows out in all of the stuff that he signs and all the stuff he does, not the stuff he says, stuff he does, Mm -hmm. as well as the congressmen and senators and all of this stuff. Then not only I cried for wisdom for them, turn their hearts, and I said, God, if they're against you, I prayed out with the psalmist, break their teeth in their mouths. And some people will think that's mean, that's that's unbiblical. That's that's what the Bible says, because they are in rejection of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, the one who sits on his throne. First Corinthians 15, he is subduing his enemies under his feet. And you know what? I don't care who their name is. I don't care who the political jersey is. I've gotten out from it. I know you have. I know. Other people have. They've gotten out from the political jersey. They hold up the law. They hold up that plumb line that we talked about before. And they're ones who say, God is God. And if you're deviating from him, then you are a tyrant. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. We've got about five minutes here because I know you need to go. Well, um, we've. That is, you know, the. The focus of of that should be the focus of everybody, and I, and when when Robert Welch put in the slogan, you know the the John Birchside slogan is uh, we 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 want limited government, we want more individual responsibility, and with God's help, a better world. Um, the 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 third line there with God's help, a better world, you know, relying on God is 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 the most important line in that um. In, in that, uh, the, I shouldn't say it's a slogan, but it's 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 what's constantly repeated amongst John Birch Society members. It's 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 very important to us that 
we um, we constantly rely on God and rely on truth, and and it's um, uh, you know, we've we've um, the the nice thing about being a field coordinator for the John Burke Society is you do get to meet people from all walks of life that have that are trying to to, to follow God and to to be the the best steward they can for Him, and that's really all we can do because we're all you know we're all um, you know, we, we all have our struggles. We all have our different areas of, of life, you know, different. I, I couldn't be, I couldn't imagine being one of those boys that was raised at, you know, Boys Town, Nebraska, that was, that was abused by these politicians. I, I don't know. I agree. You know, there, I didn't have that sort of childhood. I had a better childhood than that. And so you have to, you have to realize that there are people that are, are, have had very much different upbringings than you have. And, and, and I have, and, you know, we just got to pray for everybody that everybody can can come together and just humble themselves to 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 be followers of the Lord. And if that does happen, it, which is a humbling experience, which I think a lot of times it's it's hard to find that. I think that's that. I think that's really the that's the breaking point for people where they just can't they can't humble themselves and realize that they're they're they have to be completely. Um, under the direction of God, if they're going to uh, abide by by what He's told us to do, and you know, we do make mistakes. There are times where sometimes where I speak and I'll catch myself exaggerating, you know, because I'm trying to make make a statement to to get people to understand what's going on, and I, I do my best to catch myself exaggerating. And sometimes sometimes I don't do as good of a job sometimes when I'm speaking, and and you know, but I. I, I do do my best to correct myself when I make a mistake. If, if, if I do make a mistake when, when, um, you know, when, when speaking and I, I need to do a better job as a Christian and I need to do a better job as, as a, um, a citizen of America. And, and, but as you, as you know, Tim struggle, you know, the struggle is real when you've got, you've got your family, you're trying to juggle, especially with, you're not a millionaire, Tim, you know, I know that for a fact. <laughs> you <laughs> and, think, and you're trying to follow God and you're yes. trying to, you're trying to save the country. And, and, and there's all these certain struggles that you go through and, 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 you know, we, you have to have, you have to have faith that if you just, if you, if you walk with God, you'll, you'll get there, but it's, it's not easy for anybody. And, you know, to the, to those who thinks that this is the end times, you know, th that's a comforting feeling, isn't it? That's, that's comforting feeling to know that, that Jesus is going to be here um, you know, with us soon, uh, um, you know, I always say, you know, I'm, I, you know, sometimes I'll just sigh and say to myself, you know, Jesus come quickly because that's really, you know, what I desire. I, I want, I want this to be over with. I'm ready. I'm ready for the, um, the time where we all enter the kingdom that are followers of Christ. And, but, um, we may be here the rest of our lives and we, we may, we may experience a lot more hardship with, without that time, that time may be for our grandchildren when Christ returns uh, the second time. And so we just, we got to wait for that and, and um, you know, just do our, do our best to continually pursue the faith. Anyways, we're at the eight o'clock mark and yep. I yep. appreciate this, Tim. You, you're, you're awesome. And I, um, I, I do treasure your friendship and, and your, you know, the brotherhood that, that you and I have in this. And I, I know that you're, you're, you're completely dedicated to um, your, 
to the Lord and also to saving the country. And that's that's there's not many people like you, Tim. So I appreciate your time. Yeah, I appreciate it, Evan. And most people don't know the first I think the first time we met, I've read some of your articles before when uh, Ben Swan had his truth and media dot com issue. And then you Uh and I met at a Waffle House and I probably talked your ears off and I probably preached to you more than you ever did. (laughs) And you were probably like, dude, would you just shut up and let me tell you about John Bershotti? I get it. I get it. Um, But I've come to appreciate a lot of what you stand for. You've been consistent in that. Um, And like I said, look, people... Evan and I don't agree on all the little doctrinal differences and stuff. I mean, there are some things we're going to disagree on. But in the main, where the law of God is, where the Constitution is, where the Bible is, the the bedrock, the foundation of us, we agree. And that's what I think that's what Jesus prayed for. He prayed for in John 17. He prayed for the unity of Mm -hmm. his people. He, He prayed for that. And look. You and I can have these disagreements. I'm going to have that with my kids. I'm going to have it probably with my wife. I'm going to have it with my brothers mm-hmm. or sisters. But the unity of the faith is that Jesus is our king, is his law or nothing else. And that's what we're going to press forward to. And you know what? I love you, Evan. I appreciate you taking time out for us this morning as extra time to you've taken an hour over. And uh, folks, I want you to check out JBS dot org i want you to 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 look if you need to call on evan and give you your phone number earlier in the interview if you need to call on evan evan is one of those guys he will go to you he is not one who is uh slow to um educate you give you the information let you check it out he's not gonna um indoctrinate you as it will he'll give you the information so you can check it out for yourself and then when you do i'm sure you'll be convinced that uh, Evan, the New American, John Birch Society, all that are on the same page. It's we need to get not just anti-Americans. We need to get anti-Christian out of mm-hmm. our country we, because mm-hmm. our country, our foundations are Christian. And mm-hmm. uh, when people talk to you about American values and principles and stuff, ask them if they mean Christian principles, biblical values and principles. If they don't, then reject those people wholeheartedly. I've said it time and time again. We need to, Evan, man, I appreciate you taking time and more than time uh, to be with us this morning. Um, you guys have a great day. Lord willing, we'll see you on Monday. Look, we're going to have a great guest. At least what we've set up is uh, allegedly Dave. I don't have his full name, but they're setting up Event 202 throughout Europe and the U.S. to counter Event 201, which Bill Gates set up. And it is to expose the truth about 5G. It is to expose the truth about the deception that's going on. You don't want to miss us here on Sons of Liberty uh, Radio. We want you to join us then. Until then, God bless you. We'll see you.